annual meeting, and I'm joined by Robin Lolly and Marilyn Hammer. Thank you both so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. Would like to introduce yourselves and share what your work and your research focus on? Sure, sure. I'm uh, Dr. Robin Lally. I'm a professor at the College of Nursing at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, Fred and Pamela Buffett Cancer Center. Got long. <laughs> My work focuses on uh, the psychosocial support of women with breast cancer. Great, and thank you for having us. I'm Marilyn Hammer. I'm the director of the Cancer Center for Research in Nursing and Patient Care Services. I'm also part of the Division of Population Sciences at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston. And my program of research focuses on precision health, symptom science, and really understanding underlying mechanisms that can help explain all of the inter-individual variability and symptom experiences. Awesome. So you're both the PIs of the COACH study. What is this study investigating? So the COACH study is a multi-center randomized waitlist control trial in which we are evaluating an mHealth augmented coaching program to help patients who have completed primary therapy for cancer. And it's really novel in that we're not only testing this intervention of, this, of the coaching program itself, but we're also collecting a lot of patient-reported outcome data mm -hmm. so that we can really understand how symptoms transition over time into long-term survivorship. And we also have some uh, novel uh, areas of, of data collection, including uh, microbiome samples to really understand how the microbiome might change and impact symptoms over time, as well as using a wearable device so that we can collect data in, uh, in real time because individuals are dynamic, not static. So uh, I, I think it's novel in, in several ways. And then the, uh, the collaboration that's both interprofessional and among the different uh, institutes is really uh, something that is, um, I think, very unique. And importantly, it's a nurse-led study. Definitely. It's such an exciting and, and uh, important study. <laughs> yeah. uh, just to, to add, uh, you, know, you said we have uh, six sites and uh, collaboration with um, and uh, NCI uh, in doing our analysis of samples as well. Great. So. How many patients have enrolled so far? Well, uh, so far we have 120. We just started in June of uh, 2022 enrolling. We hope to be done by uh, 2024. Uh, the goal is 550 uh, subjects altogether. Uh, each site has been contracted for around uh, 100 uh, patients each. So Great. Um, we're yeah, we're making good progress. And Nebraska, where I'm at, we've been enrolled 64. We're, we were wow. well, the first one to start enrolling. We've enrolled the most. So. Definitely. Um, so what has the experience of the patients been so far? Well, the experience has been very positive. We were uh, very excited to find that the survivors, and I'm not sure we defined how we define survivors mm -hmm. for this. Uh, we are enrolling individuals who have uh, completed their uh, primary treatment within the past year. So individuals can... Uh, still be on some maintenance uh, uh, endocrine therapy, for example, for mm -hmm. uh, breast cancer, uh, but they need to be fairly recent uh, survivors. And um, we were just really happy that they seem to be quite eager to sign up for the study, and our uh, uh, retention has been very good. I believe we were told today somewhere around 85 to 90 percent, even though they're asked, as Marilyn just said, to have wearables. Uh, provide microbiome stool sample twice and complete a lot of uh, study uh, study surveys. They're they're hanging in there and they seem to enjoy the coaching. It's great. Mm -hmm. Anything you'd like to add? Just uh, to back up what you know, Robin said that they uh, they are very engaged. They're very enthused about uh, participating. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, the feedback we've gotten so far is that they're really enjoying it. And uh, we're really you know, eager to start to see some of the data outcomes. That's amazing. Um, do you have any advice for centers who are interested in incorporating digital health into their, into their programs? Yeah, so I think it's, uh, it's, we're at a time where it's really important to do. Um, you need a good supportive system, so that is really uh, key for the Institute to be able to support it. Uh, but one of the things that uh, is you know, potential for this, which we're going to look at long term, is that it's a potentially cost savings. So if these coaches can help with self-management, in which the uh, patients, uh, in this case with survivors, but could be anybody you know, also undergoing uh, uh, cancer therapies, if they can help to self-manage their, uh, their symptoms and quality of life, then that might reduce the number of phone calls to the uh, providers. It could mm -hmm. reduce potentially the number of uh, un unplanned, unscheduled visits to healthcare facilities. So uh, I think it has a lot of uh, wonderful and exciting potential moving forward. Uh, and then uh, ultimately, if it can uh, connect with electronic uh, health records, mm -hmm. uh, that would be a, another huge goal so that we could uh, help better communicate and work with patients. Definitely. So. Well, I can just add that we know that the number of survivors is growing and, and growing. They project by 2024, it's been like 22 million uh, wow. cancer survivors. So self-management of symptoms and maintaining health and reducing recurrences and, and all of that because we're looking at variables having to do with physical, psychological, mm -hmm. social uh, health and we're you know, enrolling this wide variety of individuals with a wide variety of cancers uh, that will you know provide data for uh, years, to, years to come. So. Awesome. It's a really impressive trial. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it as it all plays out. Yeah. Um, so more of a general question for you. Yeah. Um, do you also have any advice for people who are interested in becoming involved in nursing research? Yeah. So first of all, we encourage people to become involved <laughs> in nursing research. But we need more uh, PhD prepared nurse scientists. And um, you know, be, just be passionate, I would say, with, uh, with an area of research. Uh, a lot of our questions come from clinical practice. And, um, and just uh, you know, follow your uh, instincts in, in terms of, of what to uh, study, but importantly, form strong mentorship teams, strong research teams, uh, be very collaborative. And then also, um, you can kind of figure out the best setting. So some uh, prefer the academic setting, some prefer a clinical setting. You can do a combination of both. Uh, but I think uh, once you get into the area of nursing science, which is less than 1% of the nursing profession, mm -hmm. um, there's uh, just a lot of opportunities and, you know, importantly, a, a really large opportunity to improve the lives of people affected by our risk for cancer. Yes. Mm -hmm. well, I could just add something also unique about uh, this study is at Nebraska, uh, we have a co-PI relationship, so I am the PhD researcher from the university side of things, and uh, the medical side of things, our director of cancer survivorship, which the survivorship uh, department is just key to identifying these individuals for the study. Um, but uh, Dr. Rachel Schmidt is uh, a DNP, so a doctor of nursing practice prepared person. So individuals, if they should go, we need to be able to do PhDs. Um, they're the, the research experts, but we also need to do these collaborations with our clinical expert partners, and that is the best way to do research and be a scientist is having that. Oh, and, and also uh, our interdisciplinary 
uh, collaborations also with our, uh, our medical teams as well. Yeah. Absolutely, it's great to know. Um, one final question I'll ask both of you is since the theme of ESCO this year is um, partnering with patients, obviously this study is a prime yes. example of how that can be done. Yes. Um, do you have any other advice for people who are, you know, trying to uh, partner with patients more in their practice? It's absolutely essential. I think, you know, for way too long we have been uh, nursing and medicine, met in a vacuum, right, doing our science. And having those uh, community collaborations is so important. In Nebraska, we have you know 500 miles across our state, and our patients have special needs. They're you know rural. They travel hundreds of miles to our only NCI-designated cancer center in the state, and we really need to understand what uh, is important to them and what they want to see in a program like this, and uh, find out you know can they. And do they want to have distant type coaching, mm -hmm. right, for their health? Or especially for our rural folks, they're very embedded in their own communities. Um, that's something that's a question that we have at our site: is how is this going to look when we look at the data, the feasibility for our rural uh, participants? So, yeah, and, and I would um, also just echo that it's essential to have the input of patients. Uh, we have uh, patients need to be part of our studies as part of the study team. We have patient advocates that will uh, kind of weigh in with us and the community partnerships are absolutely essential. We need to better reach underserved populations, which historically we have not done uh, very well at. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's time to really get out there. So it's um, the community partnerships working with uh, patients themselves as we design our studies, it, it is uh, absolutely essential. This is fantastic. It was great to talk with both of you, so thanks so much for stopping by. Thank great, you. thank you. Thank you very much.